And we are live with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside once again by Andrew Johnson. And Andrew, a very preemptive uh, special we have here tonight after a wacky NBA trade deadline, to say the least. You know, once we signed off this past week, we thought that the Kyrie Irving deal was probably going to be the biggest trade that we were going to have to cover. And the NBA pretty much said, hold my beer, because wow, to say the least. This happens every single time we upload something. Within 24 hours, some major news happens. If you remember, we had the uh, the Carlos Rodon signing uh, signing with baseball the first Carlos time. Correa too, and it was, then it was Correa. And then we no, then we re-uploaded with oh, he's gonna fail his physical. Yep. And then he failed his physical, and then we did it again with the Mets, and then he didn't sign with the Mets. It happens all the time. Yeah, I mean. I didn't. Here's what I'm gonna say. When I went into this deadline, I'm thinking, okay, there'll be some like minor moves, like teams try to like bolster their roster, right? They want bench pieces, exactly. maybe a starter. Those role players, those key bench spots that you need to win a championship. When we signed off, and you know, going into last night, you're thinking, oh, you know, some teams may, you know, there's a three way trade that we'll get into in a little bit. The Knicks made a move as well, and you think, okay, that might be the biggest, you know, newsworthy story of the week. And like I said, the NBA just went into complete nuclear chaos with the biggest, you know, a blockbuster deal happening. But before we get into that, let's uh, give a quick shout out to LeBron James, obviously. And it's crazy considering how this deadline has been, uh, you know, almost getting lost in the fact that LeBron James this past week or this past, what was it, two days ago? Right? Uh, Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. So, yeah, he plays the Oklahoma City Thunder. He scores 38 points in that game. He becomes the all-time leading scorer in NBA history, passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So, congratulations to LeBron James in that effort. Truly, prove, you know, adding another, you know, milestone to his legacy. And, you know, now with this trade that like happening, LeBron, you know, obviously is trying to get another championship. So, the Lakers definitely were making moves at this trade deadline to maybe, you know, enhance and try to entice LeBron and maybe getting one more ring with them. Not going to happen, but uh, I want to go a little bit one thing and one thing only. Uh, that game against the Oklahoma City Thunder, LeBron was not supposed to score that many points and break no, the No, he was not. Record. He was not. If you remember, earlier in the week, it was predicted that he was going to, or earlier in the month, I should say, or earlier last month, LeBron was supposed to break that against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Then he kind of missed a game or two and... Uh, he didn't score as much in a couple of games, so it was projected right. that he was going to break it in the Walker game. And if you were following the ticket prices, you could have gotten the day of, I swear to God, yeah. hundred under $100 a ticket. The next game, Milwaukee, $500, $600 just to get in the building, not including fees. I'm glad you brought that up because I actually have a fun stat that I just looked up right now. You want to know what the ticket prices now for that game is between Milwaukee and LA? Oh, God, probably like 20 bucks. So they were at one point they were at eight hundred bucks actually. Okay, so I was on this selling a little bit. I last I checked was about five six hundred, but okay. Now they're about fifty six dollars. Sounds about right to me. And I think LeBron's also not playing in the game too, which also that is, is a hilarious. big reason why that's not happening. So LeBron My apologies gets a, for anyone who got finessed. Yeah, I mean, I can't say I blame them because you you would figure that game would be it. But LeBron, to his credit, he did it against the Thunder, and he did it in three quarters. He did it before the fourth quarter even started. So hats off to him. He's now cemented his legacy once again with becoming now the all-time league scorer in NBA history. But like I said, Johnson, I mean, that was what we thought would be one of the biggest news stories of the week, obviously coinciding with the Kyrie Irving trade. But then last night happens, and then this, you know, this early afternoon, and 
wow. I mean, just what I, I want to state one. I, I want to state one thing before we get into this. Yeah, going into this deadline last week, people thought that OG Anubi or Ananobi, whatever you want to call him, from the Raptors would be the big trade. Right. They thought he would be the guy to get moved. Maybe him. Maybe Fred Van Vliet. Those were the two that figured people figured, okay, they're going to get moved. Those were the big acquisitions if someone picks them up. Right. Not only did they not get moved, Toronto didn't really make any moves outside of a Jakob Pertle trade. But so, yeah, OG, Toronto didn't sell. They they actually kind of somewhat bought in. Yeah, they bought in a little bit, but OG and and Fred Van Fleet are still on the Raptors. And, and Gary Trent. And Gary Trent, they're all still there. And if I'm a Raptors fan, I'm a little pissed right now because you're not good enough to win the finals right now or even make right. a deep or um, – make a deep playoff run and you're too good to tank for Victor Wembayana. So what are you doing? You're in NBA purgatory right now. Yeah, They're in a bad spot. Exactly. They're in purgatory where you, you, you don't know if you're, you know, a championship team right now. No, they they know they're not. They know they're not a championship team right now. Well, Every team expects to win a championship most of the time, but yeah, we, we all know they're not in that championship aspect right now. And I really can't talk too much trash being a Knicks fan, but Right. I mean, we knew that we weren't a championship team coming this season. We knew we were right. a fringe playoff team. So to be where we are right now, we're kind of, I don't want to say satisfied, but we're, um, we'll take it. Well, when it comes down to the Knicks, obviously, we saw the, their cross-time rivals, the Brooklyn Nets. They made the big trade with Kyrie Irving. And that's where we really thought the Nets would be stand put at that at that rate. We didn't know the stats of Kevin Durant. Obviously, it seemed as if Durant was just going to go into the offseason and monitor his decision. I'm not going to. I'm not going to pull Grayson here and say, "Oh, I called it." I said, "If Kevin Durant gets traded," because I, right. uh, I said, "Okay, if someone could acquire a player like a Kevin Durant, they could become a championship contender." And right. Oh boy, did this, did someone acquire Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant playing with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton over in Phoenix. Now, I can't believe he is the newest member of the Phoenix Suns. Think, think about this. So last night it's about one a.m. and I see this, you know, notification from Shams, and I'm thinking, "There's that's got to be a typo, right? There's no way that that that's happening." And sure enough, the Suns, and credit to the to their new owner, he just got you he know pushed approved, for it. right, literally got approved last week to become the new owner of the Suns, and they make a big splash. They get as you said, Kevin Durant is now a Phoenix Sun. He and T.J. Ward are going to Phoenix, and the Brooklyn Nets. To their credit, they get a nice Paul in this deal. They get Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, four first-round picks, and a 2028 pick swap. So the Nets now are loaded for the rebuild. They have a lot of draft capital now. After Remember, they made that trade for James Harden and got rid of all those picks from Houston. So now the Nets are in the situation where the experiment from KD and Kyrie and you know and a little bit of James Harden didn't really work out, obviously. So now they're going to have to start it all over again. It's kind of feeling like the similarities of the last time they tried to do this, you know, with Paul Except Pierce this and is Kevin worse. Garnett. This I, is way worse. I, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's really interesting to see now where they go from here. I mean, I think getting Bridges and Johnson, like, those are nice two key pieces. We'll talk about Jay Crowder a little bit. He's not on the Nets right now. He, he got flipped in a deal, which we'll get into in a little bit. But the Nets got a lot of draft picks in this trade plus coinciding with the Kyrie Irving trade. So now, like I said, they're all in on trying to, you know, fix the problems that they've had. But from what we've heard from Kyrie and KD, it seems like the Nets right now are having a very toxic, you know, working environment, which led to them wanting out of Brooklyn. So the I, Nets, I, they're in a bad spot. So I don't want to take or uh, or be toxic here, but I am going to be toxic. Because we know you're I, be toxic. I know. I had to deal with I, this. I know. 
for the last couple of years, since 2019, really for almost four years now, I had to hear this bullshit of, oh, the Nets run New York, and the Barclays Center is the premier center for basketball. Uh, KD Kyrie, uh, you know, everyone's going to be a Nets fan. It's a Nets city now. All these, all this bullshit from people who live in, like, Omaha, or they live out in, oh, wow. in, in like, North Dakota. Listen, nothing against it, but you're trying to tell me, you're trying to tell me what's going on in my city when you're 2,000 miles away sitting somewhere else. So I don't want to hear that shit because this is always a Knicks town. And I, d- I don't want to take a victory lap here, but I said this wasn't going to work. I said that Kyrie was a head case from day one. There's only one basketball. When they got hard and I knew, okay, they're going to play 16 games together. Which I, don't know I, I don't know if they played exactly, 16 together. Exactly. It's funny that you said that. Exactly 16 games they played together. Kyrie, KD, and James Harden. Exactly I, 16. Yeah, so I, I I guess I was lucky in that sense getting the same number. I knew they weren't gonna play a lot of games together. And what's even the I guess the funniest thing about all this is you had these Nets fans defend Kyrie's every action, whether it was his shenanigans on the court, off the court, and he's like a he's a serial liar liar at this point. Right. If you remember, he said, "Oh, I'm gonna be a cat for life. I'm gonna be a Celtic for life. I'm I'm gonna be a Net for life." Yep. And you know what I heard now? He wants to go to Phoenix. So Dallas, buckle up for an offseason. Because would, if, if he goes be to Phoenix this offseason, good luck, Suns fans, too, because that's going to be a really toxic relationship there, yeah, too. Is but- Chris Paul, is he like is his contract coming up? Because I, I, I'm i trying to imagine how would the Suns be able to afford that? Uh, it would have to be a sign and you're trade. Paying, yeah, you're paying Aiden a lot of money already. You're paying, obviously, Devin Booker, and you're paying Chris I doubt Paul. it's going to happen, but I, I, I did see a leak or rumor. I don't know by who. I don't know how much truth or uh, there's any factual evidence behind it, but that's what I saw. And I guess to recap this whole Brooklyn Nets nonsense now, uh, Kevin Durant has played in less games since, 29, in, since 2019 than Kawhi Leonard. Man, I mean, so Kawhi Leonard gets oh he's a health risk oh he's not healthy he doesn't play. Where's the energy of KD? Well, to think about it, in the 2019 playoffs, obviously the trajectory of the whole NBA changes. Because yeah, think about it. If Durant's foot isn't on the line in that game seven against Milwaukee, you I gotta believe. Less. And you know, if they scored no, more points, they would have won the game too. So it really, no, no, no. Listen, I, listen, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying you never know. The Nets could have won that game, and then they could have went on to win a championship. If you have to believe, but. And with how precision, how precise basketball players with their shots, if he was six inches behind, he could have missed that and wouldn't even went You're not wrong. So yeah, yeah, no. We could sit here and all day. I know you're trying it's to play. It's a what if game. I was advocate right now. We could play what if all day, but that's the result on the and court. Listen, and I don't want this. Is I, the, I don't like the Nets had three top 10 players of the generation. I don't care what you want to say, Kyrie. He is a top 10 pe- talent when he's on the court of his generation. And now think about where they are now. Now Ben Simmons is the only person ben Simmons, standing. Really don't, don't worry. Uh, I think there's only two of the people averaging eight, seven, uh, seven and six on over 50%. I think it's Sabonis, uh, Ben Simmons, and Nikola Jokic. And if you up it to nine points, there's only two players left. So you got uh, the, the biggest thing that's have going for them right now is Cam Thomas. You've seen the emergence of him this past week. This, too, is, his, so. this is his Linsanity run. So, yeah, I mean, if the Nets have something brewing, maybe it's from him, but they're going to have to figure this out from here on in. Obviously, getting these players in like Bridges and Johnson can kind of help, but the the, the draft capital that you got in this trade certainly could potentially build a future to, uh, for them. Because remember, the four picks they got from Phoenix are all unprotected. So obviously, this year's pick is not going to really mean much. But I don't even think next year's you know, pick would mean much. 
down the, yeah, yeah, I mean, you never know. I mean, from what I remember, it is 2023, 2025, 2027, 2029. So the first two years of the, those picks probably don't mean as much. The later years will be the, you know, the enticing point for Brooklyn because they can maybe get someone down the line depending on who. So is this that the, is this, this the Brooklyn Nets lifestyle cycle at this point? Is this I, like you you have one know. you have I can't even say they had a good playoff run. They won one. If you told someone, if you went back in time on July first, twenty nineteen, said the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks, uh, the Nets will have one playoff series. Win, more than the next, more than the next. Right. People would have think you would. They would have said you're smoking crack. They would have put you in a psych ward. No one would have taken you seriously. But that's the reality. Yeah, yeah. I, like I said, the Nets are in a bad spot right now. I mean, listen, they're they're still in. You know, in gonna have a chance to make the playoffs this season, which is it. It's weird. To What's think even about more that. sickening about this? Kevin Durant has played with. Well, he hasn't done it yet. But when he plays with Chris Paul, he'll play with the four top point guards of probably the last twenty years. He'll yeah, play with that's Chris fair Paul, to say. Steph, Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, and Russell Westbrook. And I see what you did there, Johnson, because I think we're gonna get into that trade now with uh, Russell Westbrook. Um, let's just say, let's just face facts. Russell Westbrook's time in LA, which is very tumultuous, and it really he was better this season, though he was better this season. Yeah, but considering what happened on the night that LeBron broke the scoring record, that it really was the last final straw for the Lakers. Obviously, there was the rumors that he and Darvin Ham guys would exchange during halftime in the player tunnel, and that was pretty much the last you know last straw, as I said, for the Lakers. They did not want to handle you know deal with it all, so they trade him. In a three-team deal with also Minnesota and Utah, Russell Westbrook's going to the Utah Jazz. The Lakers are going to be getting D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt, all from the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves are going to get Mike Conley and Nikel Alexander-Walker, plus three second-round picks. And the Jazz will get Russell Westbrook, Juan Toscano-Anderson, Damian Jones, and a 2027 first-round pick, I believe, from the Lakers. Whoever is the GM of the Minnesota uh, Timberwolves needs to be stripped of his duties immediately. I'm not a Timberwolf fan, but yeah, I'm not. I don't like this trade for them God, either. What have, between this trade and the Gobert trade, this is horrendous. I didn't even say this. The KD trade was horrendous too. Brooklyn got ripped off, but we'll we'll continue more of this. Yeah, because Rudy Gobert got more value than Kevin Durant. Correct. That's unbelievable. So fans have been calling for Sean Mark's head for a while now. So that this could this could be it. This is probably tipping point. point. But I'm gonna tip my hat to Danny Ainge. I already said you don't want to. If you're trained with Danny Ainge, doesn't matter what team he's the GM GM of, whether he's back in Boston, whether he's in Utah right now. Tip your hat to him because if you're on the other end of that, you're losing that trade no matter what. Right. But absolute masterclass by Danny Ainge and the uh, and the Utah Jazz. They're building something special over there. They have a lot of picks. They got young talent. And it wouldn't surprise me in a year or two, you can see a package. You get They draft a superstar because Danny Ainge has a pretty good track record doing that, too. They draft a superstar, and they pair someone up a little bit older than them. I don't know. Maybe they can get Luka in a couple of years. It doesn't work out. And they uh. maybe have a young superstar with Luka in Utah with Lloyd Markkinen. Hey, they got they something special. They have to do special. a lot of convincing to do that right now. Yeah, I know. Uh, but you got to think about it too. Russell Westbrook probably will not be on the team. He's most likely going to get bought out from this contract. So I wonder where he goes. Any playoff team? I mean, we've already heard rumors that Paul George is trying to recruit him to go to the Clippers. So that would be interesting to see if he gets to you know face the Lakers a lot more. So is he a uh, upgrade over Reggie Jackson and I John would, uh, Wall? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I don't. I I want to say yes, but I also don't want to insult John Wall. No, John. No, no. John Wall's best years are behind him. Westbrook still is still can give you a good amount of points off the bench. The problem is 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 his actual shooting. But I guess when you look at it, John Wall's shooting and Russell Westbrook's shooting is almost identical. So you're getting more rebounding, you're getting better defense, and you're getting a better distributor. Right. Uh, so I would say, yeah, Westbrook, now that I'm thinking about it, probably is a big upgrade. Not a huge upgrade, but a big upgrade over John Wall. But if you have to look at your, top, your tip of the cap, anyway, it's got to be Rob Palenka. I mean, getting these three players and D'Lo, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, that really helps the Lakers bench, which has been a big problem for them all season. Yeah, so but they they're, still not the- gonna, they're still not going to make up. Not to cut you off, they're going to make yeah, the no. playoffs. If yeah. they give me, maybe they're going to make the play in. I'm saying, the, I'm not saying championship this year. I'm not saying championship this year. I'm saying they've got a good chance out to make the play in right now with the roster now that they have after the moves that they made today. Because it's definitely better than the roster they had going into the game they had against oh, Thunder. 100%. They got a lot better. Um, but again, that roster lost to the Thunder. So how much do you think it actually improves? I think it will prove a lot. You got to think about it. D'Lo, I think, is a big upgrade for them. You get Beasley as well and Vanderbilt. Those are really key, like, solid players that either you could insert into the lineup or even get off the bench. So D'Lo and Russell Westbrook, how big is the skill gap there? I wouldn't say as much, but I I prefer so D'Lo you would, right you now. You say he's a marginal upgrade. I would agree with you, too. Uh, yeah, I would say D'Lo is a marginal upgrade. So you have a marginal upgrade over Russell Westbrook. Do you think Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt make that big of a difference? I would, I'd say so because the Lakers have been starting Lonnie Walker, and no disrespect to Lonnie Walker, he's not a bad shooter. But to have another guy like Malik Beasley come off the bench would be is really good for them because he could also play the three. So it gives the Lakers a lot of versatility. I think uh, Laker at Lakers at best is a 42-43 win team right now in the hey, current state. Considering where they are right now, I mean they'll they'll take it because, like you said, everyone expected them to make the playoffs with ease. And oh, it's been I, a I lot didn't. of well, they have yeah. one yeah, team you, I had out of a playoff, so let's see did. if they prove me wrong. I think with these moves that they've made, I think they have a really good strong chance to now make the play in. I think it's really key that they got all these role players because that's what they've been missing all season. Their bench has really been struggling and they really need these type of players. And that move definitely helps them. Uh yeah, uh I definitely agree with you. One trade I want to talk about is the Denver Nuggets. Thomas Bryant, newest Denver Nugget. They right. really, I think that's an under-the-radar move. Uh, I don't like what they did with Bones Island. I think that was a stupid Yeah, stupid I wasn't move. a fan of that move either. But I think Thomas Bryant want to be under-the-radar trades. He's a good big man. He could not really, he's not going to light it up from deep, but if you leave him you open, someone, It gives you someone to back up Jokic, too. He yeah, just, no, he's a good, active, he's a, he shoots the ball at a high percentage. Like I said, if, too. if you leave him open, he, he can make a three-point shot. He's not going to light it up like, a, like let's say, a Brook Lopez. He's not going to take five a night. He'll maybe take one or two shots a night, but he'll has a good chance of making at least one out of a two or two, you know, one out of the three or how many he takes. Right. That's a good under-the-radar deal. Uh, I, I just wanted to bring that up. No, I mean, that's definitely fair. I mean, I think it's a it's a solid move for Denver. Obviously, the Bones Highlands deal is very head scratch because we even said on the show uh, two days ago, that if they were able to get a, a big type veteran to add to that roster, that would really help them. But with the move, they really had a really up and down, you know, trade deadline. And I'm not sure if it helps them down the stretch of the season because you're seeing all these Western Conference teams now. They're starting to add a lot more talent. And the West is going to be a gauntlet now, considering the trajectory that's changed in the past 48 hours. 
So I don't know exactly who they're going to use to back up uh, Jamal Murray now. That's the... That's the big... Yeah, that's a big concern. Do you think they just go on the uh, buyout market, maybe? I mean, that's... They maybe, could maybe, maybe Lord Westbrook. Get, maybe they get John Wall, because if... Uh, John Westbrook Wall, goes, too, maybe, right. Maybe Westbrook goes to the Clipper, maybe they get John Wall. I would like John Wall to back up uh, Jamal Murray. That'd be a nice sight to see. Because Jamal Murray, let's just face facts, he's, he hasn't been the most healthy guy. And if you could get some a decent backup for him, then it, you know it makes it a better situation for the Nuggets going into the playoffs because now you have to deal with a guy like Kyrie Irving. And that's really going to be key for Denver is looking at this buyout market and saying, okay, who is available? And especially for the guards, because I right now on paper, they have a, a really solid roster, but they're missing, I feel like, that one piece. And I think that now was backup point guard, which they traded away in Bones Highland for four second-round picks from the Los Angeles Clippers. Which is a great get for the Clippers, by the way, because they're able to add him. They also added Eric Gordon in this trade deadline. So the Clippers did a great job by themselves of adding to their bench and trying to make a playoff push this season. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. And it's going to be interesting to see how they actually do this playoff. And speaking of playoff pushes, I want to talk about our New York Knicks. Right. I said I said the other day, but I wanted them to go after someone not even on our radars. I didn't want OG. I didn't want a... Uh, uh, a Sadiq Bay. I didn't right. want a. Uh, I, I didn't want one of these guys. Like, okay, these guys are linked with the Knicks. They did exactly what I said. Even though I said didn't directly say, "Oh, I want Josh Hart." They did something I wanted. I uh, I wanted some under the radar, non selfish basketball guy shoots it at a high percentage, but not from deep. Good defender, good rebounder. Yep. Uh, microwave scorer off the bench at times. This is who the Knicks needed. They need a bigger guard to kind of back up both the one and the two, maybe right. even play some minutes at small forward. And he's already familiar with Jalen Brunson. They won a national championship at Villanova. They won yeah. multiple Big East championships at Villanova together. So they already have the chemistry there. And if you saw the video from Jalen Brunson, he was actually getting honored at Villanova, having his number right. retired last night. And when he found out that, oh, oh Josh Hart is a Nick, he lost his mind. He was jumping up and down. He was hugging people, high-fiving people. He was really happy to see Josh Hart as a Nick. Yeah, I mean, I think it's funny, too, because when they, they were doing a tribute video earlier in the day, Villanova was for Jalen Brunson, and Josh Hart even commented on it, and so he enjoyed playing with you. And to think of how funny it is, you know, a couple hours later, he gets traded to the Knicks. And honestly, for the Knicks, this isn't a bad deal. I mean, they give up Cam Reddish, who, let's just face facts, the experiment didn't really work out for them lost his way out of the rotation, and really had not played that much this season. So he gets now a fresh start in Portland. Ryan Archidiacono also gets involved in this trade. And Johnson, you're going to have to help me pronounce the last guy's name because I've... Sidney Mikhailu? Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I I can't enunciate it either, don't worry. Yeah, I've always had trouble pronouncing his name, and, you know, I appreciate you. But remember, he also got flipped in a trade, in a three-team trade with the Trailblazers and the Sixers, which get into it a little bit. But... They also give up a 2023 first-round pick that is protected. So, at the end of the day, I mean, the Knicks, listen, they're, they're getting a nice, solid defender in Josh Hart, who, like we said, is one of the best rebounding guards that to a lot of people believe in the NBA. So, this gives, as you said, a lot of versatility for the Knicks. He can play the one, the two. He can even play the three. So, really good get for New York. And, like you, again, like you said, it's a guy that they didn't expect to have, you know, someone under the radar that everyone was like, oh, next time they're going to try to get this guy. There was rumors today they could even go after Zach Levine. So 
it's a solid get for New York. Now, the question is going to be, in my opinion, Johnson, they have the two extra roster spots now. So That's what I wanted to go into. So right. I don't know who they're going to look to buy because when you think about it, this is going to be the next starting five. It's going to be Brunson, when everyone's healthy. Brunson, right. Grimes, Barrett, Randall, Robinson. That's right. the set starting five. Obi Toppin is staying put. IQ yep. is staying put. So you figure both of the six and seven men off the bench. IQ yep. and Obi. Then you have Isaiah Hartenstein. He's the eight man. Then, of course, they just trade for Josh Hart. He's the nine man. Right. Uh, Evan Fournier, not getting minutes. Deuce McBride, his his job has been done. We appreciate what he's done, but he's just not ready yet. Um, I'm saying the rotation just because Tibbs likes a defender like that. I don't know. Then we go to 10 people already. So do you really need to figure, uh, fill out the 11 and 12 spot? Think, you do it for depth. You definitely I think do it for depth. For, for depth purposes, absolutely. It really depends on how they outlook it. Like, do you hey, want to sign Melo? See, I think Melo signs with Phoenix. You gotta think about it. Right now, who's their starting power forward? Toy Craig? Uh I was thinking it's gonna be TJ Warren, to be honest with you. It could be TJ Warren or or Durant, maybe even. But I think that's a perfect fit for Melo. I mean, he's already got one of his best friends, Chris Paul, is already on the team. You pair up with Kevin Durant. That's probably the best chance to win a championship. That's what Melo needs right now. He's looking to win a championship. That has eluded his entire career. I think Phoenix would be the perfect fit for him. So maybe he gets a championship and then maybe with the Knicks give him like a uh like a Kevin Garnett type deal where he plays 10, 15 minutes a night next year and then they send them off. Who knows? Possibly, yeah. I mean, I would listen, you know me. I would love for that to happen. I just don't think it's the right fit until he could potentially can win an NBA championship. Because once yeah, he gets the no, ring, I, I think he would love to come back to New York. The Knicks are just not there right now to win a championship. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're definitely uh, ways to go, but I, this is my analysis of the. Uh, of this trade deadline. This has been an excellent trade deadline for the Knicks. Why do I say that? Because the two teams that they're really going against for that five and six seed. Even the four seed right now. Uh, but Yeah, but here's the I thing. Think about it. Cleveland, name, Cleveland did not make a single move this trade deadline. So Yes, but I feel like this, this is my thing. Brooklyn got substantially worse. So I could see them dropping to the seven seed. I really can. It's possible, yeah. Miami didn't make a move at all. They did not either, right? While the, while the Knicks got better. So the Knicks, I think, have a perfect, perfect opportunity because they got better and those teams either did not get better or got worse to move up to the six seed and maybe potentially the five seed. I think if they get the five seed, I'd be pretty happy. You wouldn't be hosting a playoff series. But that means they probably win 45, 46 games, and I'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah, and they remember, keep in mind, the only team that realistically that's like around that range from them that made a move was the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, they got some key role players and potentially even a guy that could really help them, and that's Sadiq Bay, A big-time three-team trade between the Hawks, Pistons, and Warriors. Hawks are getting Sadiq Bay. Now, originally the deal was Detroit was trading uh, Sadiq Bay to the Warriors for James Wiseman. So the Wiseman experiment is done in Golden State. He now goes to Detroit, look for that fresh start there. Sadiq Bay then goes to the Warriors, but then he gets flipped to the Atlanta Hawks, and in the deal, they're getting five second-round picks and Kevin Knox. So... Big time get for Atlanta as well. I mean, they got a guy that can help them try and make that playoff push. And really, honestly, for me, Johnson, puzzling moves from the Warriors this uh, trade deadline. They got Gary Payton back in a deal that we saw, which essentially was for those draft picks. But a lot, it just seems that they were just giving up. Uh, like Wiseman, I mean, obviously, so, just, it never worked out for them. I have them. an answer for you, actually, because I thought this yeah. was absolute stupidity, too, but it's not. Hear me out. 
Okay. Wiseman's been banged up for him, right? They don't right. know what he, he is. It's he, not like they had the last two years. He was he was out completely. He was completely out the first year, right? And he's been out pretty much half this Got year. Got sent anyway. to the G League at one point two. So yeah, that, yeah, it wasn't good. So Golden State has no idea what the hell he is. If he had come in healthy last year, was healthy all this year, they would have an idea. But this right. is why they did it by trading James Wiseman. Golden State will save over the next two seasons. $130 million in luxury tax. Right. That's how far over the luxury tax they are, where they will save an entire team's salary by getting rid of him. Right. So if this is my belief, if James Wiseman, if they knew he was the player he was, if he was averaging 16 and 8 right now, or maybe even, you know, 15 and 7, they would have traded Draymond. They would have cut Draymond. Possible. They would have traded him. They would have said goodbye. We're going to give Wiseman your money. And thank you for your service. But since they don't know that, Joe Lacob is going to keep his team together, which I respect. He wants to keep that core together that brought them multiple championships. Right. And, and they kept Kaminga, too. Retire. And he yeah. was he was rumored to be traded for maybe OG Ananubi at one point. But you're right. They kept basically the team in core. They brought back Gary Payton, a guy that they really liked. Obviously, he left in free agency to go to Portland. He goes back to the Warriors now. But... Yeah, the Warriors, it's just it's just an interesting time for them. Obviously, Steph Curry is currently injured. Now they make this move, you know, trading away Wiseman, get Gary Payton back. So it's going to be interesting to see how they fare the next couple of weeks without Steph, obviously, and see where they finish the season. Most likely it will be a playoff team, but the question is going to be what seed will they be at the end of the year? It all really, like I said, depends on how, you know, how long Steph is going to be out. The original timetable was five weeks, so... We'll have to see when he comes back from that injury. Yeah, I think Golden State's. I uh, I don't want to declare the dynasty is dead, but it's dying. You you would say that. Yeah, the thing is, we said that last year, and then they won a championship, so that's the problem. Well, I'm gonna maintain this. If Chris Middleton's not hurt, uh, I, I I think Milwaukee probably four or five pieces, and to be honest, they even get a gentleman sweep or a sweep out right uh, because no one they took Boston to the wire without Chris Middleton, right? Going to be absolute wire, and Boston put up a little bit of a fight. So if you figure, if Milwaukee and Boston were a coin flip last year, if you add in Chris Middleton, I think they beat the Warriors. But we can't live in this what if scenario. But right. You are correct that uh, we didn't really we cut we kind of declared them dead last year. But when it came time for the West, we all knew they were going to win because there were injuries on the in the West, and there really wasn't any logical successor last year when you really look at it. And uh, now yeah, look how the yeah. West is this year. Yeah, it's John Morant wanted the smoke, and he's certainly getting it now. Yeah, I mean, Phoenix right now looks great. Dallas with Kyrie is now looking good strong. Denver ha- is having a great season as well. I mean, it's it's like I said earlier, it's a gauntlet in the it West. It was like the East right last now. year. The East was right. a kind of a gauntlet, and the West had only really one or two good teams. Now it's flipped just like that. Well, how about this move, another three-team trade? And this also involves Brooklyn Nets we talked about earlier on. They traded away Drake Crowder, as I said, who was in the Kevin Durant trade. He gets flipped to Milwaukee, and the Nets, again, are going to get an asset of picks. They get two second-round picks. In the trade also is the Indiana Pacers. They're going to get George Hill, Serge Ibaka, Jordan Awara, and three second-round picks. So I think that was a terrible trade. For who? In general, uh, you're saying? Uh, just in general, that was a terrible trade. I think it's a good get for Milwaukee, though. Is it? I you get it. I really like Jordan Nawara. That's the problem. Serge Ibaka is an old man. I get it, but Jordan Nawara is pretty right, good. But you get Jay Crowder, who I has that Finals experience. He's been he's played in the NBA Finals. I think what the last two seasons, right? Yeah, yes. 
So he knows how, like he knows what it takes to get to that seat, you know, that point. And he has a lot of playoff experience. So I think getting a gritty veteran like that definitely can help that team. Because let's say it's facts. Is Noir going to be that type of player for the Bucs? If he hasn't been in it by now, then what's the point of holding on to him? He fits better in Indiana because Indiana is, well, let's say it's facts, they're in a rebuilding stage still. So they could use a guy like that. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. No, I will agree with you in that sense. But the George Hill experiment, I think, was over in Milwaukee. But now he goes back to Indiana. He gets a reunion yeah. there. I mean, it's a little sad. Uh, George Hill wasn't really what was uh, what they what we thought he was or what we, what he could have been. But right. I, I've, I've always liked George Hill. I've always thought he was a solid player, really underrated, uh, steady point guard. And uh, hey, I'll get get a chance to mentor Tyrese Halliburton, one of the bright young point guards of the future. So. Uh, kind of a match made in heaven. And keep in mind, Serge Ibaka is probably going to get bought out by the Pacers, so that's another name to keep lookout on the uh, buyout market. He's going to be a hot commodity considering how good Serge Ibaka, you is. are a New York Nick. Maybe. Tibbs would love him. Maybe, yeah. A good, a nice defender that could, you I know. I love if, Harnstein, I love Sims, but man, if we can get Ibaka, Tibbs would just... That'd be huge. That's kind of the Maryland's Noel replacement right there. Yeah. He'd be way, he's way better than New Orleans. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Um, Let's get into these last two trade shots. I think the two of the bigger ones. I talked about it earlier on with Eric Gordon. He's going to the Los Angeles Clippers as well as three second round picks. So the Clippers not only get Gordon, they get three second round picks in this deal, which is great for them. And they also trade uh, the Memphis Grizzlies against Luke Kennard. So the experiment with him in LA does not work out. He now goes to Memphis. And let's face facts, Memphis gets a nice... Young yeah, score. Luke Kennard is a nice young piece. I liked him right. on Detroit. He really didn't get a fair sh- chance in LA, but when he was on when he was on the Pistons, he was pretty good. He would light it up from beyond the arc. That could have just been a average player on a bad team kind of uh right. thing. But I think he'll go to Memphis. There's a lot of young guys that he'll be able to relate. Yeah. Uh a lot less pressure, smaller market, mid sized market. So I think he'll react better to the fan base there. And I think it's a great get for Memphis. And yeah, and think about it for LA too. Eric Gordon now goes back to the Clippers, so he gets to reunite with them. And he, full circle. and he gets a you know another opportunity to help them try to win and maybe get even further than they have been. I mean, he has that playoff experience as well. He's a really good scorer. He's having a solid season with the Rockets as well. So it's a nice get for the Clippers. And then for the Rockets in this deal, this is what I found most baffling about the trade deadline was the Rockets moves today. You know, they traded away some Young players, obviously the the, Gar- the Garrison Matthews trade. I'm not really gonna get into that one because that was kind of like an as a, a trade. Like no one really cares yeah, about no that. No one cares. But sorry, getting, Garrison Matthews. But getting Danny Green and John Wall in this trade, which is weird, because obviously they're probably both gonna get bought out. So I am not sure what the Rockets were realistically trying to do today. Obviously, you're trying to get a lot younger, but you didn't acquire assets to get younger. You just got two older players who are going to get bought out. So in all hindsight, it looks like they're maybe just trying to fill up roster spots for maybe someone in their G League or maybe someone on the free agent market that's young. I'm not sure what their plan is, but the biggest story now for that is with John Wall getting bought out. I mean, it gives another point guard like Russell Westbrook out on the open market potentially. So a lot of these teams that are looking to get that backup point guard, like we said earlier with Denver maybe, it really entices the market because John Wall – He's another guy that's trying to win a championship. Yeah, I mean, there's all these guys looking for a uh, looking for a uh, championship, man, and it's uh, and there's still one more we talk about too. You want to go into it? We'll go into it. I'll go into it in a second, but continue with your point. 
Yeah, I mean, there's all these guys looking for their first championship still, and it's kind of because when you look at them, how many how injuries has this robbed this league of greatness? Even though he's not even around anymore, I'll mention him anyway. Uh, we fought seven or eight years ago. Uh, I guess seven or eight years ago, or maybe even nine years ago. Time really flies. The Marcus Cousins, John Wall, all these guys, Derrick Rose. Kemba Walker, all these guys are up next. All these guys could be all-stars seven, eight, nine times, all NBA talents. And injuries just robbed us of a whole generation right. of players. It's really sad because all these guys pre-injury. They were they were phenomenal players. Yeah, they were all Isaiah, they were all another NBA guy I just players. forgot about Isaiah Thomas. He was another guy who used to light up, even though he's not right. in the league anymore. So all these guys looking for that first championship still. I really feel for him because you know what? They should have gotten one already. Yeah, I mean, listen now. Even Chris Paul, even though he's not not injured, he just had a uh, he's had a tough time getting. It's been a rough year so for far. him. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, listen with Durant going there, that certainly gives him a probably the best chance of his career to get a championship because he obviously when they played the Bucks, that right there, obviously you could say that's his best chance. I think with the roster they have with those three, and then you add Aiden as well. I I'm mean, gonna respectfully disagree, and I'll go, but I'll go in later when we do the preview. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and then let's get into the final deal uh, that kind of helps, you know, the Lakers and potentially could help another team. We talked about, uh, you know, another free agent point guard potentially at the buyout market. The Lakers trading Patrick Beverly to the Orlando Magic and the Lakers getting in return uh, Mo Bamba. So Mo Bamba, the replacement for Thomas Bryant, it looks like they get another young center. Meanwhile, the Magic, they get a veteran that's going to most likely be bought out. So it just kind of clears cap space. Well, I guess for this season for Orlando. But now for Pat Bev, you know, there are rumors that maybe he goes back to the Minnesota Timberwolves. So there could be a reunion in the works for there. I'm going to be real for you right now, Nick. I don't think it will matter, but yeah. If Tibbs said, Pat Bev, you could take Miles Deuce McBride's minute, I would sign Pat Bev in heartbeat. I know. You've been a Pat Bev fan. He would fit in so well in New York. He's got that smash mouth attitude. He loves not afraid to play defense. But Garden would love him. He he would get. Here's the thing. He would be able to handle the heat too, because right. the, thing, the thing about New York crowd is we're hot and we're cold. And what I mean by it, it's not like we're being quiet for a long a, uh, a large portion of the game, and then we're being really loud. You're like you're not we're afraid to talk happy. to the media. No, I mean the fans aren't. Oh, you're talking about fans wise, right? Yeah, you, the fans aren't afraid to boo you. Uh, I mean, it really shouldn't be like this. Shout, you know, uh, nasty words and exclamatory. Yeah, at them, and it's not good. And you've seen Randall is kind of tough with that because he kind of realized, hey, listen, this city embraced me, and you know, I went for the good and the bad, and embraced me again. So he kind of realizes now. He had the whole thumbs down situation last year, and he's bounced back. All uh, having another All Star season, maybe even All NBA, depending on how strong he finishes again this year. And Pat Bev would be the embodiment of that right now. If you could say, if Tips told him, hey, listen, you'll get fifteen minutes a night here, I think he would come here. I don't think I you're think wrong. I mean, yeah. I think it's another situation where you're going to see a lot of these point guard needy teams like Denver, Minnesota, Clippers. Um, I think the San Sixers are also rumored too. I, I could be wrong about that though. Um, but there is a lot of teams that are looking for some veteran, you know, point guard depth on that team that can help them, you know, prevail to win an NBA championship. And the good thing about this trade deadline is, yes, some teams might not have been able to trade for these guys. But now they're going to be open on the buyout market. So that's the other beauty about the NBA trade deadline is you get some of these guys now on the free agent market 
and you have a chance to sign up for a relatively cheap deal just to help you win a championship. I can't believe how many uh, players are going to be in the buyout market because it, it seems so... It's going to be a lot. Like, there's so little that happened last year. It was a snooze fest at the trade deadline. Right. It's almost like the NBA offseason was awesome, and then the trade deadline just said, okay, we got our... This, you know, I was going to say, you usually see these type of deals at the at the end the offseason. Yeah. It's like we've had two offseasons now. Right. Right. Like... The, the the closest thing I remember to that Kevin Durant trade was when Paul George got traded to the Thunder. That was huge because it was a late at night trade and like no one's up to see it, and you're just like, oh my god, I need to text someone, but no one's like up to like list to like actually look at this. And you saw, I completely missed everything. I, I was you asleep. woke up to it and you were like, wait, what? I was asleep. I went on my commute this morning to work. I tried to wake you I, up. <laughs> oh, did you actually call me? I didn't call you, but I I, I like I mentioned you in chat. And a, te- okay, and a text so, yeah. message. No, my phone was uh, was muted, so I woke up. I got one on my commute. I uh, got to my office, and I see a text message from Christians. I need Johnson to wake up, and I'm like, "What <laughs> I'm do you up. mean? I'm in. I'm in. The, it's like seven thirty morning. It's like I'm in my office. What's up?" And he goes, "Yeah, it's like Kevin Durant got traded." I'm like, no, he didn't. And, and then I scroll, and then, then I scroll up, up all the all the mountain of messages. Like, oh my god, Kevin Durant got traded. You saw so, me posting a lot of me- that from a Knicks fan perspective. I had to post all the memes that were going on last night because Twitter was in a frenzy to say the least after this trade went down. Yeah, I mean, I I can't, I still can't believe this happened today. What a day to uh, February 9th would be uh, Kevin Durant day in Brooklyn, and I think uh, what was the day Kyrie got traded? Was it the third or the fourth, the second? Um. I that think be, it was the fourth. That could be, and that could be Kyrie Irving Day. The fifth. So, uh, it was February fifth. We were, so we were almost so the there. Fifth, okay, so the fifth of every February will be Kyrie Irving Day throughout the five boroughs, and November 9th will be Kevin Durant Day. Just to remind everyone, uh, <laughs> if you're a clown of the Knicks and you got you're gonna be on the bandwagon when they have uh, ten thousand people there in the stands next year and they give away eight thousand tickets, uh, just remember you're not welcome back anymore. Bandwagon's closed. Fair enough. Um, before we, you know. End this podcast, John. So I think the only question now I have up is after all these trades went down and potentially what could happen in the buyout market, it does your outlook for the rest of the season change now with some of these you know new look teams? Uh can I say yes and no? Is that a fair analysis? Well, I would assume that when you say yes, I think in the Eastern Conference, I think you're still at that same point, if I'm not mistaken. Um uh, yeah. Or is that fair to say, or is it something different? So- no, no, you're you're not wrong. So what I would say for the east, for the east, nothing much really changes. Right, the east didn't get. I don't think got much better. I think it's just everyone kind of stayed pat and did not really make a big time like move that could help them win. I would still say Boston and Milwaukee are the favorites. What does change is kind right. of the middle of the conference. The Knicks have potential, and I'm going to stress on potential because it depends on what happens. Right. To maybe make a move to that five six seed at best. I don't see them getting top four. I don't see them beating Cleveland, Milwaukee, Boston, or Philadelphia. But I think they can move into that five or six seed because they did get better and the other two in front of them got worse and or didn't improve at all. Uh, so if that's saying in the East doesn't really change much. With the West, I'm still taking Denver as my favorite, but I think Phoenix moves up to about maybe four. Maybe they're four for me because I, I just don't see it happening. Kevin Durant's been a, a liability this year being on and off the court. It hasn't been talked about, but like what I, that's like fair. What I said earlier, Earlier, Kawhi Leonard, who has been shamed publicly on every social media outlook, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, Twitter, whatever it is, 
oh, this guy can't stay healthy. Well, Kevin Durant has missed 30 more games than Kawhi Leonard this year, or like 15 more games than Kawhi Leonard in the last uh, in the last couple of years. So uh, if Kawhi Leonard's going to be labeled like that, we should label Kevin Durant like that. Now, with that being said, Chris Paul as well, he's had injuries as well. So I think it all, all it takes is one of either Kevin Durant or Chris Paul to kind of go down for a game return in a series, especially when they're not going to have home court advantage. That's all it's going to take. So I, I think that risk is too much, especially when you have to right. play every single game. There's no, you can't, oh, there's no rest games. You just can't do any load management, all of this BS with the minutes. It's going to come down to crunch time basketball. And Chris Paul has a history of getting injured in the playoffs. He should have won a ring back in uh, when he was on Houston, but he got injured in game six and right. uh, couldn't play game seven. So that was it for him. So could be another repeat situation. But that's why I'm, I'm only moving Phoenix up to four. I think Dallas is at five. Uh, Oh God, Memphis is still at three, I guess, for me. As as terrible as that sounds, but I'm still taking Denver at number one, man. I I don't really see uh that much change. I still think they're the number one team. I don't like what they did with Bones Island, but I think they got better with Thomas Bryant. I think Thomas Bryant brings more to a team than Bones Island, at least at this point in his career. No, I that's fair. That's fair. But to me, it's still Denver. I still think Denver's the team to beat in the West. It does change a little bit in the middle. Right. But I think the Lakers move in the playoffs. I will say poor Sacramento Kings because they get knocked down a lot of pegs now. Uh, really sucks to be – but, hey, if, I think if the Kings make the playoffs, even if they get swept in a playoff series, their fans will be happy. So. I don't think any playoff because, remember, I, yeah. mean, I think they have the longest drought in they playoff don't. history for all major sports. I think, it's, I think it's in 20 years. So Yeah, so – Kings fans, I hope you get it. it. You deserved I, I, the title 20 years ago, and right. I hope you at least get the playoff series now. Um. When it comes down for me, I think most of the same. I think Easter Conference really doesn't change as much. I think you're right. I think they think the middle of the pack is where you're going to see the most movement from the East. I think the top three are, don't really interchange. Cleveland might be the only team maybe you see get into that three seed, but that's about it. I can't really see another team making a jump like that. If Miami had made a move today, then maybe the conversation would change, but they stayed pat, so... I'm not sure where their direction goes. There'll still be a playoff team, but I can't see them, you know, being high as high as a three seed. I probably see them in that four to six range. Um, when it comes down to the West, I mean, I, I understand your theory about Phoenix because you got to think about it, they their bench is now basically depleted after this trade, so it's tough for them. After obviously you get a great player in Durant, but now. You don't really have that many key role players off the bench, so that's going to be the really biggest thing going into the the playoffs. If they're able to get someone off the buyout market, then that's huge for them because they're going to need someone like that. Maybe a Serge Ibaka. Maybe they get, um, I don't know, a John Wall or Carmelo Anthony or whatever. They Just someone to help them off the bench because that's what they really need now more than ever. Um, because, you, like you said, Chris Paul's had his injury history. Uh, Durant has obviously had it. Devin Booker has even had it. So that's a big concern for Phoenix. But they've got to be now the second best team behind Denver, in my opinion, going into the going into the playoffs for the second half of the season. I mean, when you have four key guys like that for your team, I think it's just you you have to, the expectation is you have to win the championship this year because that's oh, what you're going God. for. Yeah, you're not wrong. It's going to be so. This movie is saying you have to win the title this year. Here's the thing. it's I still, no matter what the favorites are, there is no betting favorite. I don't think there's any team 
that's even a clear favorite. I think there's four or five teams that if any of those teams made it or won it, made it to the finals or won a championship, you wouldn't be surprised. And it's such a stark tr- contrast to, oh, it's going to be Golden State. It's going to be Cleveland that we're so used to. But we're starting right. to finally break that trend over the next couple of years. And now it is really wide open. I mean, this is the most wide open it's been in forever. Who knows? Luka and Kyrie get hot. They make a run. Would it really surprise you that much? Uh, right. Maybe a little bit. But I think if at the five seeds, one through five in the West, you wouldn't be surprised to make the finals. I, I feel like if a... Except uh, for Sacramento. I don't think we see that happening. Yeah, but I think Sacramento is going to drop. That's my prediction of them. Oh, uh, okay, fair, yeah, fair. I think they're going to drop. So I, I'm, I'm I think talking, they'll drop. I, I agree with you. I think they'll drop to the sixth seed. So just I'm, because talking, I'm, I'm talking Denver, Memphis, uh, Golden State, the Clippers. Uh, Suns. Suns. That's who I'm really talking about. Yeah. Uh, any of those teams, I wouldn't really be surprised. Now, if you see, said, oh, you have Miami Heat made the finals, I'd be like, really? The, the Heat made it? The Cavs? Oh, the Cavs made it? Uh, Sixers made it. No, not that surprising. Celtics? Nope, not surprising. Same thing Milwaukee, not surprised nope, either. Not surprising. So that's why, like, it, it's just like, imagine, like, oh, you have a 2015, even though the Hawks won 60 games that year. Oh, yeah, the Hawks made the playoffs. Oh, really? Over LeBron? The Hawks made the playoffs? Those Raptor teams? Oh, really? They made the playoffs over LeBron? Or any of the teams Golden State faced, although that Rockets team made it, yeah, wow, over Golden State or the uh, or the Clippers or whoever they really played during during those time spans, you would have been a little surprised. But this time it feels different. You can feel like there's eight or nine teams really that can make the finals, and you wouldn't be surprised by it. No, I mean that's all you really can ask for. I mean, seeing a lot of great competition down the stretch End. of the season. And it's helping with the ratings, too. The NBA is yeah. enjoying some of the best ratings in recent years. Remember those finals with uh, – it could be almost be like a movie series. You know, LeBron versus uh, Cavs-Golden State 1, Cavs-Golden State 2. Right. Uh, they did it a couple of times, and it got so boring that the finals ratings started to tank. Yeah. So now this is good for the entire NBA as a whole. Yeah. No, I mean, this is really good, and that's what fans want. They want to see different type of matchups when it comes down to potentially, you know – winning a championship. And I think you're going to get that this season. Um, the question is going to be how will each of these teams fare out as the season goes on? That'll be fun to see because you have all these teams making these trades. Now they have to, you know, build new team chemistries. Obviously the players that haven't been signed yet, that have been bought out, they'll have to fill in with the team chemistry of some of these playoff teams. So it really creates a nice, you know, aspect to what will what has been already a good NBA season and will make it even better as second half of the season is almost upon us. Yeah, and I can't wait for the second half of the season, All-Star Weekend coming up soon. So with Zion being officially ruled out, uh gonna have to need they're gonna need another All-Star. I don't think KD is gonna play as well, right? KD is out, Zion's out, uh Jalen Brown is now out after his injury. So, um, two players from the East should get in. I and feel one like there the was West. another player, but I can't. I can't think of off the top of my head. There was someone else I thought was also there was someone out. else, and I can't really. But there's a couple spots open. Before we wrap it up here, who do you think makes those couple spots? One from the West, two from the East. One from the West, two from the East. I mean, Anthony Davis has to make the All Star team, no? Oh yeah, hundred percent. It has think to be Anthony, Anthony Davis. Davis, and James and Harden think- has to be one of the people in the East. So I think we both mutually agree on that. Now, do we think it's Brunson or do we think it's Siakam? As much as I want to see Brunson in it, it, I would say Siakam. I just think it's because it really depends on how you feel about Brunson. Do you think he's the the best player on the Knicks or the second best player on the Knicks? 
behind Randall. If you can argue he's the best player and have have, have that be a legitimate argument, he should be there. I, he's definitely listen. I I he absolutely deserves. It. I it's it's a that's a really good conversation topic. I mean to, between the two, because Siakam, let's face fact, he's had a he's having a solid season for the, the Raptors as well, and I don't know who you put in that spot. Um. But it would be nice to see Brunson go to the All-Star game, considering how big of an impact he's made on the Knicks this season. I mean, you're talking about a guy. This is the best point guard, really, in 40 years. I'll say this. I think because of how the Knicks are currently stand, like in the standings and where the Raptors are currently, I could see them giving it to Brunson just because the Raptors have kind of been like a disappointing team this season where you th- knew they were that you were expecting them to be good, but they haven't played to their standard. And they had to make a move for Jakob Pearl just to try to potentially fix the problems that they're currently having. Meanwhile, the Knicks are have been playing, you know, not great, but they're playing solid enough to get into that, you know, five to six range for the East. They're also, playing, they're also playing the toughest, I guess, uh, stretch of the season right now. Right. Up until this point, without their best defender and the defensive anchor and Mitchell Robinson. And that's why they got Josh Hart. And they're holding it down right now, so... You have to realize if they probably had Robinson during this stretch, they'd probably be maybe they would be at the five seed right now. Maybe they would have 32, 33 wins. Uh, I don't think it's that far fetched. No, especially I, a couple of games like the Laker game and the Clipper game, you lost that line. Hey, you have Mitchell Robinson healthy. He's playing. You win those games easily. So I think I think it's I think it's a great um, conversation to have on who would make it between those two. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, the All-Star game will be an interesting aspect, to say the least. And like we said, the second half of the season is going to be a memorable one, to say the least, because after this wild trade deadline, we're in store for a great NBA playoff. And the only thing I really want, Johnson, I want a Mavs-Suns rematch, considering how these last two uh, trades were made between uh, Dallas and Brooklyn and Phoenix and Brooklyn. I want to oh, see that. Man. There's so many good storylines potentially in this playoff. You have, uh, you could really have Philly, Boston again. You could have right. New York and Cleveland. Say they sneak into the five seed in New York. They have the whole Donovan Mitchell drama. You have your classic. You could have Knicks and Hawks again. I don't think the Hawks make the playoffs. That's the problem. You don't think so? Even with the Sadiq Bay move? No, because then that means the Knicks would have to go to the four seed and the Hawks would have to go to the five seed at best. So I don't see Knicks and Hawks having. All right, fair again. enough. Uh, but I think Philly, Boston's uh, is well, they could uh, play yeah. the play in. Keep in mind that's a that's a strong possibility. If yeah, they could play in the play in. You're not wrong about that. So um, I, I was only really looking towards series and not really right, playing. Right. That's, that's definitely a possibility. Yeah. But you have a lot of interesting matchups here, and uh, like I said, the NBA is a story driven league, unlike the other ones where the, your personality is the biggest thing. Uh, Mike Trout could probably walk down the middle of the streets of Brooklyn right now and. Probably ninety percent of the population wouldn't even know who the hell he is. Uh, so that's that's the reality we live in. The NBA is a face uh, league where the personalities matter, and that's why these playoff ma- uh, matchups are going to be so interesting. Yeah, I mean the second half is definitely going to change the trajectory of where the current teams are slated right now in the standings because you know for a fact they're not going to be the same way the current standings are. They will not be the same once the season ends because oh, these teams making these moves have definitely helped themselves especially in the Western Conference. And for some of the teams that, like, really stood put, it really now, you know, makes you question, like, where will they finish with the current roster? Because you've already seen what they've looked at look like in the first half of the year. 
where are they going to finish up for the second half? Is it going to, are they going to maintain and stay, you know, their regular course or will they falter and let these teams that made these big time moves go right up in front of them? But I think that's a good way to end it, Johnson, because I think, like we said, a monster NBA trade trade deadline. Once again, congratulations to LeBron James on breaking the all-time scoring leader list, passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He gets some new teammates now from these trades that have happened today and from yesterday. So a crazy second half is definitely in store. We thank you all for listening on to this very emergency podcast because we had to get into this NBA trade deadline. But once again, we thank you all. This is the All Gas No Breaks Sports Show. I am once again one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. Have a great rest of your weekend.